This podcast was brought to you by One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure, a memoir continued, available now on Amazon, all e-readers, and www.craigtherighterstuart.com. Okay, so your first uh, sexual experience with a guy was? It was in college, my freshman year. Well, rewind. It was actually when I was younger. Uh, a boy, How? a boy cousin. How old were you? I was eight years old. I think many of us had that. I mean, I didn't. Mine wasn't with a cousin. Uh, wasn't with a male cousin. Mm-hmm. My first sexual experience was with female cousin. Like we used to play Seven Eleven. I don't know what y'all call it. Female cousin, mine too. We used to play a game called Feet. Feet. <laughs> okay, how did that work? Basically, I would have to find her feet under the covers, and then by the time I'm looking for her feet, I'm actually touching her. And we're touching each other. We're like fondling. So, right. Yeah. But she was like four years older than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, her and then, like I said, the boy cousin, um, you know, still to this day, I don't know if he's gay or whatever, but I just think he was heavily addicted to sex. So when mm-hmm. he couldn't get a girl over, um, he used to watch me and he would, you know, make uh, me do... Um, Oral sex. He used to babysit you, you mean? Yeah, uh, babysit. I would be at his his mom's house, my aunt's house. Uh So, yeah. um, He would have you perform oral sex on him? Yeah, he would do it on me, and I would do it on him, basically. So, he would always do it first, and I would kind of just mimic what he had did. But he never penetrated. It was just that kind of thing. Basically, I felt like it was more like a, you know, I want to ejaculate. Right. Yeah. Would you say that... That when you have experiences like that with family members at a young age like that, that that's just a part of, like, human sexuality, though? Um, I think, you know, period, as as a kid in general, um, growing up, for everyone, there's a part that comes with some kind of sexual thought, uh, you know, seeing something that makes you arouse, some kind of feeling, and yes, you know, who... You know better, but your cousins, someone right. that you're always hanging out with or right. or playing with per se. But he was older than I, and he knew better. So that was a difference for this. So I sometimes I feel like that contributed to my exposure to men in that sense. This is very personal work for me. Politics. Politics. I believe I was called to Sex. tell my story, use my voice, be a Game. voice for Game. the community. To speak to and for a community of people that's been ignored, denied, love, love, relationships, religion. This is my life's work. Religion, religion. I want to use words to uplift, heal, inspire, encourage. Do something different. different. Every Monday at 10. Good day, thinkers, thought leaders, progressives, and dreamers. I'm Craig the Writer Stewart, and this is so much to say. These are my thoughts in my voice on black shit, white shit, gay shit, and everything in between. Today, we are talking to Mike, and we're talking about sexuality and just the journey of life and how we kind of find ourselves on a path that perhaps we didn't expect us to find ourselves. So your first sexual experience was in college yeah. as an adult. As an adult, yep, as an adult, fast forward from a kid, you know, one little part, I did, you know, have a friend, his mom, she was, you know, a prophetess or whatever, Mm -hmm. and the first time I heard the word gay or homosexual was because of her. Okay. So at a sleepover, she says to me, well, she says to one of my friends, you're going to have a troubled life, you're going to be in and out of jail, you're going to live a short life, and he is dead now 
today. She said to her son that he was going to have a troubled life because he wouldn't respect her. And the Bible says to honor your mother and father, days on earth be on, blah, blah, blah. You would go to jail. He's in jail now. And then she says to me, oh, wow, you're going to be a mighty leader, anointed and chosen. God has really chosen you, Mike. At the time, I was little, Mike. But she said, but the spirit of homosexuality is going to follow you. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, you're going to be gay, but you're going to be anointed and you're going to be a great leader. The end. And your mom called her and said, "Well, I, you know, when I went home, I was telling my mom's lady called me gay because not only, you know, did she do that? My stepfather used to do that growing up. He used to say I was very feminine, and because my mom kept me neat, you know, I was her only child, couldn't wear big clothes, those things. So he was all he would always say that boy's gonna be a faggot. But that's problematic in and of itself too to mm -hmm. associate gayness with neatness. Right. We'll continue. Right. So he's going to be a faggot. My mom will always know my son is not. My mom always basically defended me, I must honestly say. So not only did she curse that evangelist prophetess lady out, she always would go off on my stepfather. And then my dad, my biological father, he also stepped to my stepfather one time. Don't, don't talk about my son, blah, blah, blah. You know, so yeah. So yeah, that was between, you know, except third to about seventh grade. And then, you know, started dating girls, you know, got... Heavily in the church, um, became, you know, the youngest minister ordained at 15. Uh, and so, you know, growing up with the elders in my church, it was, you know, you got to have a girlfriend, you got to have a wife, you know, you, you should be courting somebody. This is what they would say. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know. At 15? Yeah, well, get in ministry and period. Um, you know, no, no matter who my girlfriends or friends were as, you know, girls. One of them was going to eventually be my wife. You know, they were okay. always trying to plant seeds, uh, plant seeds, or um, you know, um, basically Grown match you. me. Yeah, they were like, like match you to somebody. You know, somebody was going to be your wife if you were really cool with this person. That's going to be your wife. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of what I heard a lot. Um, and so, so, had you had sex with girls? I did have sex with girls. I fondled around with some girls, and you know. In high school, I finally, you know, as they say, I lost my virginity. I felt to a girl. Yep. So did you ever have um, any sort of infatuation towards guys or the male body? Because for me, I was never attracted to any particular guy. I was just attracted to the physique. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was in college that there was a particular guy that I honed in on and was like, oh, that's it right there. No, I don't remember that. Like I said, during those times, I remember, again, just being who I was. I loved females. But then there was still my stepfather or somebody saying that I was going to be gay. So, yes, it made me look at the same sex, but I was still just, I, I never had no attraction. Mm -hmm. And that was in Charleston, South Carolina. Now, when I got to New York, you know, the big city now, now my eyes is open and I'm more exposed. I'm seeing people just being whomever they wanted to be, you know, because, um, like, I left New York when I was six and moved to Charleston and then moved back when I was 14 with my grandma. Okay. So now I'm in a big city, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so seeing people wearing colors, wherefore, in my town, it was simple, black and white, you know, suits, whatever. Now everyone's just everything. Go to high school down in, you know, little um, Soho kind of area, not too far from the village in New York. Okay. Yeah, so I'm up the street from West 4th Street. Which is notorious for Which is notorious. being a, a gay enclave, Absolutely. if you will. So when we would cut class, me and my friends, we would go down to West 4th. You know, I would hear those conversations again. This is the gay area. Now I find myself looking, you know, at people. I'm, like, interested. So do you, you think know. that those things, quote-unquote, made you gay? Or do you think that's... Nope. Uh -uh. No, okay. I don't think it made me gay. I think it, all, it always made me go back to what I heard in a conversation. Okay. So I would kind of say, well, am I gay? You know, because, again, these gay people would be looking at me now like... Ooh. So is it possible that perhaps your stepfather and that 
prophetess saw something in you before you did? Perhaps so. Okay. Yeah, per- perhaps so. But then again, I, I, I'm always bothered with that because, again, because my mom, you know, and I feel like in our community, our culture, black people, whatever you want to call us, you know, like you said earlier, I, I can't be a neat dressed young man. I, you know, she couldn't have a certain standard or a certain way mm-hmm. for her child. Why he got to be gay? Because you know, he wants I to think be clean. I, he wants to have, you know, I, I want him to be clean. She was very adamant mm-hmm. that my pants be pressed and my shirts be neat on me. Mm-hmm. Just adamant. So what, what's wrong? With I that? think what's problematic, too, um, in the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why I, I often say that there's culpability in the black community, the black family, and the black church with respect to the self-loathing that a lot of black gay men carry with them when they come into this to this community. When I say this community, I mean the gay community. They come into the community oftentimes a bit broken because of the black church, the black family, the black community. With that, I will say there's this idea or this notion that little boys, little black boys and black men cannot feel cannot express emotions, cannot uh, express themselves through their hair or through fashion or through the arts. If you show too much interest in theater or acting or whatever, then, oh, you must be a sissy or you must be gay. And I think that men, black men in particular, are expected to be linear. And I think that that's problematic. Because if, you, if you're anything outside of that, then, oh, he must be funny. Oh, he must be gay. And, and that's exactly, um, you know, like I said, I was just different. Right. You know, I, I loved my grandma as well. She kept me in the church, you know. I just wanted to be in a good place, you know. Looked at a lot of my boy cousins who wasn't really doing anything in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandma was always crying about nobody was doing this in the family. So I, I wanted to be different, not gay. Right. I just wanted to be different. I wanted to be good. I wanted to, you know, bring good grades home. I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to represent my family. That was just my desire. But then with all of that, it was mm-hmm. still, hey, boy, you faggot. Oh, mm-hmm. your pants are so tight. You know, why you wearing that suit to church? You know, stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. my cousins, um, oh, that little punk, you know, nigga, that little faggot, he going to church. Like, what? Why got to be all of that? Mm-hmm. You know, so those things, again, stay in the back of my mind. Then once I really got involved in the church, now I'm, you know, looking at the elders. And now I'm finding myself being groomed and like, okay, well, yeah, you got to have a girlfriend. So those thoughts, I, I would say, I, I put them to the side. And it wasn't until I got to school. And I was, you know, going through low self-esteem really, really big then Mm -hmm. uh, when I got to college and I was very skinny and I felt like wearing big clothes made me look bigger. And there was this one guy that I met from uh, Baltimore who was colorful. My hometown. Yes. Baltimore, Maryland. And um, we have a way with we we have a way with things. You know, we listen, we have a we have a flavor and a swag that will attract uh, you. Go ahead. And even to this day, he's a good friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I always remind him because I felt like he uh, built my esteem in a lot of ways. Listen, this is your waist size. It's okay to wear a size 28. Right. You know, you be proud. And you wear this pink shirt because it looks good on your chocolate skin. Right. You wear this, like, come out of the dark, man. You know, and he just really helped build my esteem. Took me to H&M and Mm -hmm. at the time Express. And so. um, But you said when you first told me this story, you said that he was really feminine. He was feminine to a lot of people. Okay. um, Really not to me. I just always said he was different. And so I said, you know what? 
you know, forget what I hear everyone else is saying. I want to get to know this guy. Okay. You know, like I say, he was flamboyant and dressing to to these people. Because right. again, he was confident with a pink scarf or a yellow scarf. Right. Therefore, we're like, that's too loud. You know, right. as men or right. you know, right. oh, that's. And gay. again, like, how is how is yellow or pink gay? Like, I don't understand that. So again, it's just a it's a it's a way of thinking. It is a way. The mentality of our people. Of our people. And Go ahead. It came from somewhere, you know. So I said, got to know him. We got to talking. I felt he was gay. You know, uh -huh. we never even got to that conversation until the night that we had sex. It kind of okay. it kind of just happened. Take me you to know, that night. That night, it just <laughs> we're laying there. We we, we having deep so you're lying in the bed together. We're lying in the bed, and uh, you're in, in freshman in, year. Yeah, fr freshman year in, in our dorms. What college is this? I'm not gonna say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna say right now. So um, you're in a, you're in a little twin bed. We're, we're, yeah, we're in a, a twin bed, and we're uh, just laying there. We're talking about life, and he was expressing a lot that he had gone through in life, and I'm expressing, wow, I've gone through this, and you know, I came through that. Wow, wow, wow. We really have a testimony. Did you did, did, did any moment did you think okay there's something here? Or? There is um, uh, uh, most of the night as the night got you know later. Um, I was like, wow, I'm laying in the bed with this guy, you know, and I felt like this energy and okay. I was just like, okay, I'm going to kind of just go with it, okay, you know, and um, that's what kind of happened. We both fell asleep. Then we woke up at like the same time my eyes opened, his eyes opened, we looked at each other and then we just like something just grabbed, you know, we just started kissing. So wait, did you fall asleep for like a moment or you fell asleep and went to sleep overnight? No, it was like a 30 minute, okay, 45 okay. minute, you know, quick nap right, or something right. like that because it was like two in the morning. I'm just wondering up. if it was a little morning breath and y'all kissing. But go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't even think about that. Right. But um, yeah, fast forward and, you know, like 3 o'clock we woke up and it was just kind of like, pow, we just started kissing and we just go at it. Like, we just start kissing and we have sex. And it's the first time I had so, sex with a guy. in your mind, in your mind. And the reason I'm taking, I want you to take me slowly through this is because, and I say this often, I think a lot of times as gay people, we often act on the feelings before we deal with the psychology behind the feelings. Okay. So in the moment, were you questioning and wondering as you're kissing or were you just all the way in it? Nope, I was all the way in it. Okay. It wasn't until after I had my ejaculation. Wait a minute, well, uh, you took me you took me past the moment. Wait a minute, so because the other day when you told me, oh god, y'all naked at this point. Oh guys, we're butt naked and we're just going ham, like we're just having a good time. And he started riding you. This is so much to say. Oh my god, we, we talk openly here. <laughs> He climbed on your dick. Oh, yeah, we, we did all positions that you can think of. No yeah. condom. No condom, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Did y'all use any type of lube? Or? I don't remember. It was so I long would ago. venture to say he was just ready. <laughs> Be ye ready. Oh, it's all ready. Huh? Okay, so he climbed on. Yeah, and we just went for it for however long it was. I and you enjoyed it. it? I did. I enjoyed it until I started getting dressed. And then I ran upstairs to my room. So was there any any conversation after? Was he like, are you okay? Or da, da, da? Yeah, he did ask, was I okay? And I was like, I got to go. And you started acting weird. I, for that second. Uh -huh. Once I went upstairs uh -huh. and I took my shower, I started praying. Like, oh. this is a demon now. Like, I, this guy's to get off of me. You know, someone told me a story once where um, he ha used to have sex with a guy who was so conflicted. And so convicted, mm -hmm. conflicted and convicted by his um, religious beliefs that every time they would have sex, immediately he would get down on the, on his knees and pray. Right. Yeah. So yeah. go ahead. So you upstairs, you're showering. I'm showering and praying. I'm just praying and I'm going into this prayer room. And I'm are like, you crying or you just? I didn't really cry. I was uh -huh. just like, I can't believe it happened. I feel disgusted. I felt this immense amount of grief mm. 
And I just packed. Like, the very first time that I packed a guy, mm-hmm. I felt like, oh, my God. Like, I just committed a cardinal right. sin. So I can't imagine. By the time I had sex, though, I was good. Right. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, looking back, that, that could have came from, again, uh, me not dealing with, you know, what was spoken, what was, you know, me, you know, me dealing with what I heard, me being conditioned. Yeah, to Yeah, conditioned, you know, um, now I've acted upon it. I'm not gay, you know, I, I'm not gay no more. I, I'm delivered, you know, <laughs> I don't like men's, <laughs> you know, um, so maybe that's what it all was. And so, you know, we after that, the next day I go to his room and again, it kind of happened again. Wait, was he trying to contact you or you just went? No, I just went. We, we kind of had our own relationship where I always meet him to go to, you know, to what we had to go to uh, at school. It was chapel. <laughs> church it, was a, boys it was a are private something. Christian college. The church boys are something, <laughs> I tell you. So you go down to his room. Yeah. Were you going there with the intention or expectation that, oh, if it happens again, I'm good? No, or I didn't. You, okay. It was more like it happened. Let's move on. Let's not even talk about it type okay. thing. And basically, he initiated, you know, after a while, like, listen, this happened, and you're gay, you know? It's okay. He told you that. Yeah, yeah, like, it's okay type thing. And what did you say and when I'm he said like, you're uh-uh. gay? I'm like, uh-uh, but then while I'm saying, uh-uh, you know, I'm enjoying everything that's coming with it still. Uh-huh. And then I kind of just was enjoying it, but then I'm still praying at the same time. And he left that semester. I felt that with him leaving... You know, this was God delivering me and saving me. Because he was leaving the college. Right. He left his college, and so it, I was done. It's amazing how we tell ourselves that. Yeah. Or we make up these stories that are convenient for us to believe, because you thought that because he was leaving the college that somehow God told you <laughs> this is a sign that you're not supposed to be gay, Absolutely. as if he's the only man in the world. It sounds like, in my second book, I talk about this married guy that I was involved with. My second book? It's called One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure. Don't forget, this podcast was sponsored by One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure. A memoir continued. And he's, he was in, in a 10-year relationship with a man. Mm. When that relationship ended, he got engaged to a woman probably two years later. Mm. He thought that God told him that if he could find a woman that was okay with his past, that that was God sending him a sign. Mm. But here's the caveat. She didn't even know about the 10-year relationship. So did God really send her? Like, if, if, if she didn't even have the whole story? Right. But go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's basically what happened when he left. You know, now I find myself, you know, dating girls. And there's one in particular I dated. And I told her my past. Okay. This is what happened, but I want to marry you. And she told me she had a past with females as well. Oh. But then fast forward and, you know... Uh, she was actually I have given up you know but she had actually still was messing with women so you had stopped dealing with men yeah she was still so the boy that you were messing around with y'all just messed around and then when he left there was no other experience well, we, we, there was a couple like after like if he would visit or I would go right but you hadn't experienced with anybody else no that was it and so okay. when she comes along I'm more honest I'm, I'm pouring my heart because I want to move forward and potentially, potentially I want to marry her kind of thing and like I said I suspected she was still talking to a female found out you know she was and it ended and from that it made me angry and so you know i said i think maybe i am gay y'all would have had one old colorful marriage <laughs> you'd have been sleeping on the side with men she'd have been on the side getting her cat ate <laughs> y'all probably would have got together for some threesomes from time to time maybe foursomes that would have been a colorful marriage that would have been very colorful. let me ask you this when did you resolve 
that okay, this is who I am. Was it was after things broke up with yeah, her? Yeah, it was after things broke up with her. I still kept hearing the whole "Are you gay or are you straight?" kind of question. Uh-huh. Now, because you know you graduate in college and everyone's like all in your business, and then now I became an elder, and everyone's like, now you need to have a wife. You were an elder at the church. So now, yeah, now I'm ordained, and so now you definitely need to have a wife to become an elder. Or I didn't, you know, it's all these rules the church started mm-hmm. to make up, and I'm like, wow, you know, so. Um, I became an elder still, but even in all of that, I still was just lost. I didn't want to date anyone in my church because they were like sisters. I didn't even want to date anyone in my organization. There were some people, but then it was like, I felt that they were moving too fast. It was like, because mother so-and-so said you should marry Elder McMillan, you know, uh, be with him. I felt like they was moving too fast and it just made me like, oh, like not like church right. girls. Right. Now there was this one girl that wasn't really churchy that I really, really liked, but she was not like me. She did not want to be with me because she had a son and she felt like everyone was going to judge her, but I really wanted to be with her, but mm-hmm. she didn't want to be with me. So let me ask you, do you think that if you had been with her, do you think that would have changed your trajectory? Or do you think you would have just become a man that would have eventually came to the revelation that you are gay. I don't even know, you know, because I feel like every year in life and in life period, we all have these changes, these, you know, we evolved, and I, I really don't know. But well, the at reason that time, I, I really wanted her. There was not a man in thought. Well, in that moment. In that moment. Because, see, I've had so many conversations with men who think that they can manage their sexuality. They, and, see, I'm of the belief now, I'm of the belief that sexuality is instinctive. It's how we're wired. So even if it's a part of who we are, it's indigenous. So even if you had gotten with this woman, maybe there would have been a period where you wouldn't have stepped out. But I think that eventually... Mm-hmm. I agree. Because now thinking about it and even, even listening to you say it, you know, again, I wanted that because of what was told to me. Yeah. And how things should be. And then I wanted to please my mom. I'm right. a only child. So that was your next step. I need to have step. a grandchild. Right. You right. know, I need to do all these different things. But then on that side, you know, I already had tested the waters. So, uh, <laughs> and being in the city now, you know, now I have preachers. I have all these type of people coming at me. But then again, I don't like church people at all, you know, because church people are so messy. You know, but being outside, if I saw someone walking. I didn't say it. He did church, folks. <laughs> yeah, messy. Y'all you are know, messy. But, you know, seeing someone walking that had muscles, you know, now I'm looking. And from what I heard about, you know, the whole being down low and stuff, you look at that person, you look, you know, again, twice, Three times, oh, they must be gay or right. they must be interested. So now I find myself kind of sneaking and down low and type thing. And then so you're dating a girl at this point? No, or I'm no. single. Okay, so I'm you're single, single but yeah. you're just really closeted. And I'm DM. really closeted, right? I only told my cousin, um, you know, one of my favorite cousins in the whole wide world, a guy, um, a female. Is I, she gay? No, she's okay. not. Um, uh, I told her we kept it between us. Then I told her sister. Then I told my other cousin. So, so you slowly coming out? Yeah, I'm, I'm slowly telling. Then I told like my favorite aunt in the whole wide world, and she she's like, "No, she don't. She's uh-huh. just like I already knew it. I love you the same. That's it. So these were my four. Then I tell my mom because I met someone. You know, and um, that'll do it. Yeah. Love, love will do yeah. it. I met someone. And have you come right on out that closet? <laughs> Go ahead. I met someone that was eight years older than me and just amazing. And he, you know, he went home. And so me and my mom, we talked about my kind of this experience, this journey, and she blamed herself because, you know, during the time she was on drugs and she had left me with different family members and she was blaming herself. I'm like, no. Then she hated that cousin. I'm like, no, you got to forgive him. The cousin have, that you used yeah, to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. You know, I'm like, I have. And she's like, I can't believe he did this, you know. And um, yeah, so she knew and we just kind of kept it like that. Did she ever um, confront that cousin, that male cousin? No, she didn't. Okay. Yeah. No, nah, she didn't. If she did, I, nobody ever told me. Right. But no, nah, she didn't. 
So, um, yeah, so now, you know, just kind of, you know, doing what I do in the church, you know, but, you know, the, the you know, feeling condemned only because of what was taught in the sense. Yeah, yeah, which um, you've been programmed to believe, which right. most of us, and I believe that even heterosexual people, black people that are heterosexual, they believe that being gay is wrong because they've been also taught that same thing. Right, right. So, you know, even praying still, right. you know, and being told that you're chosen, et cetera, et cetera, you know, but me still praying and God is still anointing me and using me and I'm traveling all over the place. It was just kind of amazing. And so I kind of just rested with myself one day and I said, Lord, I give it to you, whatever this is, whether it be right or wrong. I went to Jeremiah and I said, well, Lord, you knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. You knew me. You said you already ordained me, predestinated me. I don't think you're really you know, uh, concerned about, you know, in a sense of who I'm sleeping with or how I'm sleeping with them. It's more of me doing your will, which is to spread the gospel, the good news that you were born, you died and you rose again. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of us are dealing with a lot of things that, you know, we didn't act for, you know, mm-hmm. generational things. And um, so, yeah, just 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 be honest with me. And that's kind of where I was for a very long time, you know, and it wasn't until uh, about a year or two ago you know, where, you know, it really just started coming out because of a crazy ex and, you know, them doing crazy things. Um, so where now my whole family knows, you know, I have to sit down with my only living grandmother and I tell her and, you know, my aunt, you know, and I still have certain family members that don't agree with it, don't, you know, believe in it or whatever else it may be. But um, I've gotten to a space where I am confident in who I am. I'm comfortable with who I am. Mm-hmm. And again, I've gone to God in every way. And I believe God is just using me. He has used me, you know, um, to now walk in truth. And to, again, when other young men call me, other young women, I don't have an answer for you. But what I do know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he loves you. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. he loves you. You know, this ain't new. You know, he loves you. So what do you say to people like a Kim Burrell that goes on stage and goes on to these vicious rants? Oh, God, there's so much I can say there. You know, someone can come at her for being fat, but she lost weight. Get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like we we in the church, we look at certain things. Mm-hmm. But we don't look at everything. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about the woman that was caught in adultery. She was caught. But Jesus said if any one of you be without sin, he didn't say adultery. He didn't say what it had to be. He said sin. He said cast the first stone. No one can cast the first stone. Now, did he stand there and say, now tell me what you've done since you couldn't throw the stone? No. Mm -hmm. He said to the lady, go sin no more. He told the people, mind your business, sweep around your own front door because, again, we all live in a glass house, period. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So people like Kim Morrell that, 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 you know, Tina that, Campbell. That, yeah. You know, that, that religious nonsense, you know what I mean? But you got people working for you that's gay, uh-huh. you know, doing your makeup, doing your art, uh-huh. you know. So uh-huh. if you're going to believe in something and you're going to be against it, be against it wholeheartedly. And then try to go on to the Ellen show and perform. Right. Yeah. Who is openly gay, who is right. married, who's happy. And so it is. So again, if you're against it, don't even, don't even take engagements, you know, right. for the Ellen show. Right. You know what I mean? Hold it. You hold your standard. And, that, and that's what bothers me with some of our people. So what do you say to um, pastors, um, gospel music artists in the church that are, quote unquote, DL? Because, you know, they're not necessarily DL to us because I believe a rose can smell a rose. But <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Because that could have been your life. Yeah. You could have been moving in secret to, quote unquote, secret too. Because I believe that these people in the church, like the Kimberells, like you said a moment ago, they know that there are gay people in there, 
And they're not just the hairstylists and makeup artists and the wardrobe stylists. They're also the minister, ministers of music. They're also these uh, gospel artists, the deacons, the pastors. So what do you say to those people who think they have to skulk around? Well, I think what has happened is people have gone on for so long just lying in general, mm-hmm. you know, and not being honest with themselves. Because, again, they, like myself, have struggled with religion and, mm-hmm. you know, serving a pastor or a bishop or having such a name in a great organization or whatever else may be. And what people are going to say, uh, you know, or they themselves has preached that message that you're going to hell, but yet you're doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just think it's important that everyone just, again, walk in their truth. You know, understand that God is on their side, you know, and once you get to that point, you know, again, uh, being delivered from people and people's opinions, perceptions and all those different things, you will really live life really more abundantly. You know, um, I just think the Lord didn't ask us to preach the messages that people preach. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Again, there's so many areas that we can talk about over the pulpit but we always want to go straight to you being gay mm-hmm. and I also feel those pastors that always have those messages about being gay they're gay too right. so what happens is they're thinking that and I don't feel I know because I know many you know so what they do is they try to throw the black people off the mothers and all those mm-hmm. off by having those messages because they probably heard somebody say I think pastor's gay right. or so and so is doing so and so so what they try to do is preach this message knowing that everyone's going to be like that's right, right. preach and in their instance is where I've seen gay men stand up and shouting and raising their hand when they are besmirching gay people. Absolutely, absolutely. And that and that's still continuing even in 2018. Yeah. Which is sad, which is disheartening because again, like I was about to say a minute ago, the Lord didn't call us to say what you should and should not do. You know, yeah, we gotta live you know, a life of holiness, but that's another even conversation. What is that? You know, mm-hmm. it's a lifestyle. It's it's loving one another. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's speaking truth and peace. Like, stay away from all this other stuff. Because, again, everyone has something that we can point at and say you're doing, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but we want to focus on people being gay. I think gay people understand. Two men understand that God did, you know, create Adam and Eve to reproduce all that good old stuff. But two men can't do that. Two women can't do that. Mm-hmm. I get it, you know. But, um... Uh, gay people, um, um, uh, you know, in relationships and even getting married, you know, their focus is more because I love this individual. You mm-hmm. know, I have a connection with this individual. It's nothing to do with me trying to have a kid with mm-hmm. this individual. It's really because I, I found someone that I love, I trust, you know, and I, I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yes, it's the same sex or heterosexual, mm-hmm. whatever, so... In terms of deliverance, do you believe in deliverance? Do you believe that God delivers people from homosexuality? I believe... In in the way of the Donnie McClurkins of the world. Oh, absolutely not. Um, That word deliverance... (laughs) When you said said absolutely, I really thought that you were going to say, oh, absolutely, I do. And I was like, okay, I'm about to have to argue with him. Absolutely. Deliverance is not only... I think deliverance is for whoever, you know, it's, it's different, you know... Yeah. I know people that said, you know, I'm delivered... Um, but then they still want to know who you're messing around with. Are you really delivered? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? You still want to be in the business and know the tea, as they say. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're delivered. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think some people now, they cut that part off, and now mentally they get aroused. So when a person like a Donnie McClurk, and I'm just using him as a proxy because he talks about it all the time. Oh, I've been delivered, da 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 
What do you think that really means? Do you think he's... Well, you said absolutely not. You don't believe in deliverance. And that doesn't mean that we question the power of God. But I just personally believe that when God gives you a life, that's the life that you've been given. Right. Um, it, it would just be like if I started praying to wake up tomorrow as a white man because white men have it considerably easier in this country. That's never going to happen. It doesn't mean that God's power doesn't work. It just means that I have to adjust to the life that I was given. Right. So when... I hear, and I want to hear what you think, but when I hear a person say, like a Donnie McClurkin, oh, I've been delivered, what I really hear him saying is either A, he's still wrestling with it, mm -hmm. B, he's abstaining from sex with men, right. but you haven't been delivered. I agree. I agree. The cravings are still there because, again, I personally believe that sexuality is instinctive. It's how we're wired. Mm. It's a part of who we are. You know what I'm saying? And that's not a that's not a switch or a decision that you can make and just shut off. So what do you No, I agree with you. That's that I think that you hit it on the on the nose. Again, a wrestling, uh, a struggling, you know and I'm not even gonna say a struggle because most times once you've dipped, it's not a struggle no more. Okay? Uh -huh. Either you going either you want it or you don't. You know, either you give into it or you don't. So it's no more struggling once you dipped into it a couple of times. Why do you think so few black celebrities have come out? Because, I mean, surely there are more black gay celebrities than we've seen come out. Well, I just think as time continues to progress and different things, I mean, the times we're living in now, I think a lot of our, uh, you know, generation and those are... Uh, ahead of us in a sense that are still closeted. They came from that era again where, you know, we're going, you know, our business is my business. Whatever happened behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. That, and I also, we, we often use the black community, celebrities, often use the excuse, oh, my art mm -hmm. is going to be affected. Because we all know that, we all knew that Luther Vandross was gay. Mm -hmm. But it, it would have destroyed the fantasy right. for many women. Absolutely. Because his core audience was women. And I'm not well, let's talk about the conversation we had the other day with these gospel artists. You know, I'm not going to name them, but I Craig named them the other day. I'm not going to name either. And I almost, and I almost named one of y'all favorite... Um, uh-uh, I don't name no people. I was about to name one of y'all favorites who, who just had a baby. I, I swear I believe they probably had a surrogate. But my thing is, even with that, you know, majority, uh, let's say about 85% of them are gay or lesbian or bisexual whatever you want to call but mm -hmm. we sing their songs in the pulpit and in the choir every Sunday I know who you're talking about I'm, no, just, I'm saying. just saying but and some know, of them are married to women exactly talking about they had a, a, a porn addiction is it <laughs> I know people that used to play with him uh, exactly and see and that and that's what I was going to get to you know um, and not, not saying names I think people again know that rumors have gotten out because they have been messy as well. Right. And so knowing that these rumors have gotten out, that's why they preach these messages of I'm delivered. Um, they've come on the radio and talk against or whatever else to try to, again, throw people off. Right, right. Because the majority of the time when you really like somebody, you've been following their ministry for a very long time until, again, it happens before our people, black people's right, face. Right, And it's really a major scandal. Mm -hmm. People are still going to uh, uh, call that person, you know, pay for that person to come or whatever and enjoy their, their ministry, you know? And even in terms of, like, being uh, an actor, like, we don't have a lot of out black gay male actors because they think that they won't be cast in any role other than a gay role. Mm -hmm. And then even in terms of straight male actors, black male actors, we don't even hear a lot of them playing gay roles. Now, Rockman Dunbar will play a gay role in a heartbeat. Right. 
But I think it speaks to your level of comfort, too, because it's like, okay, if you're supposed to be an actor, you're supposed to be a thespian, and you can't get into this role right. as a gay man, right. there have only been a few people that have done it, like Wesley Snipes in Tu Wong Fu. He was dressed up as a woman. You have Rockman Dunbar that's played gay... He's playing a gay man on 911 right now, the TV show. But then also you had... Um, the one who played in um, Holiday Heart, Ving Rhames. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You haven't really had many. Yeah. But you'll see white, straight male actors play a gay role in a heartbeat. Yeah, what's the guy named from Will and Grace? Yeah. Yeah, him. Him, He's definitely yeah. married. He's not gay. But and even the guy that's on Modern Family, the big guy. Yeah. I can't think of his name, but he's not gay in real life. He right. plays the hell out of that part. Right. So what would you say to those that are perhaps in the church that feel like they have to keep a low profile or keep that life secret? Well, I just think, again, it, it comes to uh, the individual. You know, we all have our time, our experience, and, you know, when we want to be honest with ourselves. And so for me, I became honest with myself one day when most of my friends and colleagues are gay, but they allow the church, they allow, you know, those conversations of you need to have, you know, you need to have a wife, you know, um, they got married, but they're stepping out, they're doing their own little... I decided I would be real with Mike and honest with Mike, not saying I have to go out here and spread, you know, my business, wear a flag or those things. I am who I am, and I'm not going to subject anyone else to that. Right. You know, so again, this is my truth. And I think until we get to the point in understanding what truth is for ourselves, mm -hmm. we'll always be closeted, we'll always hide, we'll always be deceptive, and then we'll really have a, a messed up life, I would mm -hmm. say. Because that, after a while, mentally, it, it becomes too much. But I believe there's also a crop of women who know that these men that they're involved with are on, or are gay or bisexual? I believe that there's a crop of women who know that. Mm. That's true. Some women feel that they could change a man. Some women do think they can change a man. Yeah. They think if they just I'm put make the pussy straight, on them, you know. And then some women they just enjoy having a gay partner that dresses them up and make them look like a Barbie doll because a real heterosexual man ain't gonna do all that. And, and, and some women overlook it because they just want to have a man to come home to that's gonna share in the responsibility of keeping the house, paying the bills. You, you understand what I'm saying? And they that, want the companionship. And that gay man, again, is gonna keep them looking fly at all times. That too. They're gonna have good conversation, good kiki, good tea session. Good what? Kiki. What's kiki? Tell the people what kiki is. <laughs> you know, just just like a good laughing, a good, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, a uh, girlfriend over here at the hair salon. That's what it is. And they ain't even close to having they sex. They just even. hanging out. They just good, good girlfriends. They Judy's. <laughs> they just Judy's. <laughs> right. So, yeah, you know, that's that's what it is. But again, until you know your truth, um, you've accepted your truth, um, you know, you'll continue to hide. And um, again, we, we have those uh, several people that are, that are doing that. So, mm. yeah. What would you say to the young man that is engaged right now and knows that he has proclivities for the same sex? Yeah, I would say um, be honest with yourself. You know, um, don't hurt anyone else. You know, or, or, or go into a situation where, again, five years from now, you're going to wake up and realize that this is not who you want. Mm -hmm. You know, this is who I am. And I've seen that a lot. You know, individuals just getting married and doing that. And then again, there's no like I'm always questioning young couples that get married and, you know, you know, she's never with him and he's never with her. Like in the beginning of your marriage and it being so young, like what? Like what's going on here? You know, mm -hmm. um, he always wants to be with his friends that everyone 
can definitely tell that there's something going on there, whether they be gay or flamboyant. You know, so I'm always like, I'm always weary about those things. And, and why do we do those things? Why why do we mess up, you know, our lives and, and put a hold on our lives? You know, right. why do we do that? Right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. I think it's going to help somebody. Yeah. I really do think that somebody will benefit from this story. If you are listening to this podcast and you are not subscribed to So Much To Say, it is available for free. In SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, wherever you can listen to a podcast. We drop a brand new show each and every Monday at 10 a.m. The show's archived, so you do not have to be listening at 10 a.m. Share this podcast with your friends, your family, your loved ones. Be safe and keep loving yourself. <laughs>